0: from the auction Community Studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke show, and we got a lot to get to, but Wolf, I'm not even going to waste any time today. Well, that's not true. I'm not going to waste any time at the top of the show. We might waste a good portion of the next four hours, but uh, we are about to see... What should be a rematch of last year's Western Conference Finals in the uh, in the NBA. Now, obviously, we didn't get that. So we didn't get Suns Warriors last year like we should have. Not that I'm bitter about it, but we're going to see Suns Warriors tonight at Footprint Center. And, you know, you're getting two teams pretty much at full strength right now. I know it's early in the yeah. season. They're not what they're going to be later in the year, but they're mostly healthy.
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, cannot wait to see it right now. Uh, the very first thing I think about, it's not going to surprise anybody. I think of the physicality and I want to see the physicality of DeAndre Ayton in particular, James Wiseman, of course, and uh, Draymond Green. I want to see the physicality of the Phoenix Suns going out and banging with some of these guys, especially when I think of DeAndre Ayton once again. He's got to continue to train his mind. Uh, I think we're seeing DeAndre Ayton actually he put his body on a lot more guys, and I like that. I think he's working harder for position, of course, down low. I think we're seeing him develop a little bit physically, yet at the same time, he's got to train his mind. His mind isn't there because he's not aggressive a lot of the time. He's, he's physical, but not aggressive. We are seeing and ways, and,
0: and you're going to have to maybe look a little bit deeper, and we're going to do it throughout the show today, courtesy of something Kellen Olson wrote for our site on, on one of the topics, but uh, we're seeing ways the <laughs> that the Suns are approaching the season differently, but it's not it's not different in the like hit you over the head way of, hey, we changed out our whole roster, or, we changed out our whole philosophy, and now we're just gonna try and beat teams 130 to 120. It's it's not that. It's more specific little nuanced things, uh, in particular with Devin Booker, but I think we're seeing it with DeAndre Ayton as well, in the sense that I do think he has been more aggressive this season. He's also gotten into foul trouble more this season, but um, you know, against a team like Golden State that does have some bigs and some guys they didn't necessarily have last year this will be an interesting test tonight and the thing is Wolf well, they have they've played Golden State they played them back on March 30th it was kind of a you know running out the string of games game it, I mean it's still a win over Golden State McKell had 22 points that right towards the end of last year in the regular season but I think we all kind of thought you know both teams getting set for the playoffs and maybe they'll meet again in about a month they never did otherwise the last this is you know other than that one game the first time they They've played since Christmas Day. And they're playing early this season, which, again, you could look and say, well, that's not really a measuring stick. It's the fourth game of the season. Fine. But Golden State just won the title. And, and, again, both sides are basically healthy. They weren't healthy both times when they both sides rather when they played a lot last season.
1: So what specifically are you looking for? Because it sounds like you're looking for something. I just want to see the physicality, once again, of the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors tonight. I want to see the physicality between these two teams. That is the first thing that I think of. And where will it come? Especially not having 9-9 out there, not having Jay Crowder out there. Who's going to pick that physicality up? We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but I think it's Torrey Craig. I think Tory Craig is the guy to do that.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the main thing to look, look you, you want to beat Golden State. If you if you start this season three and one when a lot of people I don't want to say wrote the Suns off but they're just kind of an afterthought to a lot of people a lot of people you talk to oh yeah the Suns are good no, they're not title contender good but they're good As I've said on the show a million times, I still think they're a title contender. I I think they should at least get to the Western Conference Finals this year, and that is in a loaded Western Conference. You know how I feel about New Orleans. You know how I feel about Golden State. To me, I have three teams in the Western Conference Finals, or at least Western Conference Finals caliber, so that's an issue. Uh, But this, if you can come out of these first four games with wins over Dallas, the Clippers, and the Warriors, that's about as good as you could do in your first four games. But to your point, I want to see how certain guys fit on this roster against a team that is as good as Golden State. And Torrey Craig's one of those guys to watch. Yeah, no, he really
1: is. Again, um, he's a guy that I think can actually slide in and fit that role that... Um, You had Jay Crowder playing so much in. Yeah, he's a guy who can shoot the three. We saw that the other night, as a matter of fact. Had a couple of threes uh, down the stretch, and this is a guy that I think also can bang around and doesn't mind banging around and getting a little physical. The one thing I don't really know about Torrey Craig, I think I know, but the one thing I don't know about him in particular is if he's got the attitude that Jay
0: Crowder has. (laughs) Jay Crowder has got an awful lot of edge. Yeah, not a lot of guys have that attitude. I, I don't Know if Torrey Craig has it, maybe, maybe he has it, but he's just not so outward with it, or it hasn't been yet in his career. But yeah, I mean, if he, I would say this: I think there is a, a larger role on the table for Torrey Craig if he goes and takes it early this season. Not you know, not going to be the, the the main guy off the bench, but a guy that could play a big role on this team. I always view these matchups over the last couple of years with Golden State as like round one. You know, last year, and last year, I like I said, I thought they were going to meet in the Western Conference Finals. If you pressed me to pick it again today, I probably would pick the same two teams, but that might at this point be wishful thinking because that's what we should have gotten last year. But I just view these games against the Warriors, and I know they don't view them the same way in Golden State, but I view them here as round one of four in the regular season and ideally a best of seven somewhere in the playoffs.
1: You know, also, too, Luke, we were talking about this. Um, we were talking about it yesterday in regard to how many games it really takes to know a basketball team, um, You know, twenty twenty five. Those those have been thrown around by guys like James Jones. He says 25. I think uh, some other guys in the league, some guys that I respect, I've heard them talk about 20 games. You've got to have a sample size big enough, of course, before you can start drawing conclusions about a basketball team and in the direction they're headed. But the one thing I will tell you right now, especially the first seven to ten games of an NFL, NBA season, I trust nothing that you really see out there, <laughs> unless you've got a guy like Devin Booker. You know who Devin Booker is. You know who Chris Paul is. And even even as I say that, through three games, Chris Paul just looks oh, so different right yeah. now. And we'll get into that a that's little bit That's the other guy I'm watching, obviously. As the show unfolds. But, you know, it's so, you know... There are certain commodities in the NBA that you just know who they are. But then collectively as a team, man, the first seven to ten games, it just seems like they're so disparate from what they're going to be a lot of the time. And I think you've got to take it with a grain of salt watching a team play and come together in the first 10 games.
0: Yeah, we are going to take a little bit of a deeper dive on why Devin Booker has looked even better these first couple games. There might be some reasoning behind that. And we do have, sticking with the Suns, a, a fairly big name that is very, very loosely been linked to them. We'll get to that in a little bit in the show as well. But for tonight, you've got Devin Booker and all the respect in the world obviously for Golden State. Yeah,
1: that's how you want it. Uh, you know, it will be a good test for us. You know, I've spoken you know, their culture already this year. And you know, they're defending champs. You know, so they hold the they hold the belt. And you know,
0: that's something that everybody in this league wants and you know, we have a good test in our life. The
2: other
0: thing with Golden State is they are in this very rare transition, right? Where you just won a title last year and it wasn't just because of Steph, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. They are in this transition where... They didn't have James Wiseman last year. Like they had him on the roster, but he never played. You're talking about the number two overall pick the year Anthony Edwards went number one. So this mm-hmm. is not some guy that they found, oh, maybe he'll be good. No, he was, <laughs> a lot of people even said maybe he'd be number one that year. He was just hurt all last year. So they are transitioning into this. How much are we going to see James Wiseman? How much are we going to see Jonathan Kaminga while still trying to be at the very top of the league? It is not just tonight, I don't think, not just a look at how are the Suns handling things, but what is Golden State trying to do this year?
1: Yeah, no, you know, that's a good observation by you. I I will also say this, too. could you have a better four-game test as to what is going on right now? We'll
0: throw New Orleans in on Friday. I, 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 I How about know. a five-game test just, to start the season? It's
1: unbelievable. What do you think about it? Of course, four is the number of the world. That's why I was thinking about it, Luke. Four. The number four, of course. It's a dynamic number, Luke. Um, the Mavs, the Blazers, the Clippers, and now the Warriors. Four games in the West. How you doing right here? Uh, how's it going right now? To start with the Mavs especially, and we all know the reasons why. We don't have to revisit that, Luka Doncic, at all. The Blazers. How about the Blazers? You see, they won again. Uh, I actually night. watched a good chunk of
0: that game last night. oh,
1: yeah. baby! You know, the Blazers,
0: are they're balling up. 113 points for Damian Lillard in his last three games. Yeah, that's uh, is that good?
1: That's decent. That, you know, yeah, yeah. Getting after it right there? Yeah, he yeah might. Maybe, maybe he's damn. not
0: done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, you're right. That was supposed to be the weaker of the teams of those first four and, and as it turns out, they are uh, undefeated to start the season. Week eight of Bix Picks is underway. Text PICK to six twenty six twenty to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text PICK to six twenty six twenty 620 to enter. When we come back, Cliff Kingsbury told us he yesterday he's going to continue to call the plays against the vikings what are your thoughts on that it's the wolf and luke show on arizona sports the local sports leader wolf and luke arizona sports the local sports leader everybody sucks you don't really know why but you want to justify I'll take this to start to your Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess we're playing for keeps now. You know, somebody right now is like sitting at work somewhere and they're like, man, you know what? This song's right uh, on for okay, my day. So you
1: may want to go ahead and make sure that's the edited version. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're, we're far too deep if it wasn't the edited version already. Um... Yeah, that's how you know you're having a bad day is when the words of Fred Durst make sense to you. No. All right, I'm not having a bad day because I'm looking forward to this game tonight, Wolf. And then also the Cardinals right back in this at 3-4. and They took a small step forward on Thursday. And a good chunk of the NFC took a big step backwards on Sunday. So kind of helped everybody out. Oh, helped the Cardinals out. Didn't help anybody else out. We had Cliff Kingsbury on yesterday and asked him a couple questions following up on the whole play calling conversation from last week. So this is Cliff when he was on with us uh, as he is every Monday at 145. Yeah, I will
1: uh, against the Vikings. As soon as D hops out again, you can call him or, <laughs> or whoever else wants to do it and y'all see how that goes. Um, but no, it, it's, uh, we're working through some things still and, and we have a long way to go. Um, we got to be more consistent. There's no doubt, but I, I like where it's heading. Um, um, so hopefully we can we can keep the momentum going.
0: And I just want to be clear, you're not going to call the plays. If yeah, I'm not going to get...
1: Or, you know what, yeah. that was pretty definitive right there that he is. Yeah, they may have talked about it. I don't think there's any doubt about it based on the answer that he gave us the week before And that. the way he gave it. The way he gave it. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about it based on what he They were talking about that very scenario right there. Um, but Cliff, I think, spoke... In that cut that you just played, definitively about that, he's going to call not only the Vikings game, but in the future. They're looking for him to call plays with Kyla Murray, of course. So I I, I don't think that's going to
0: change. I I would say... Um, at least for me, not a huge surprise to hear him say that yesterday. If they had gone out there against the Saints and they had put up nine points again or whatever, and yeah, you got DeAndre Hopkins back, but it didn't make a difference and you lost the game 21-9, to I kind of think that they would have maybe given him one more week because it's their first week back with D-Hop, and like you said yesterday, they didn't even really get to practice with the team. But I think we were we were maybe two weeks away last week when he gave us that answer from Cliff trying something different, letting somebody else call plays. Once they won the game and Hopkins was right at the center of it, to me, it kind of, I think internally, this is just my opinion, I think internally they are saying, okay, this we're going to table this conversation for a little bit. Now, if they go out yeah. there and start struggling again, it's going to come back up. But I think because they won and Hopkins is back, they're going to keep riding the way they were.
1: Yeah, you know, once again, the only reason why I thought there could be something there is because of the blow Up as well on Thursday night. Now, listen, I understand blow ups between a player and a coach better than most. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Do I get it? It happens. And it happens a lot more than anybody is willing to think about. Um, I'm talking about a player to his position, coach. Yeah. Okay. Not Um, the head coach. Not that. Well, I've had it. I've done it myself with a head coach. Well, not on Amazon Prime on Thursday night. No, exactly right. But I've always been respectful. And that was the one. That was the one exception that I had with Kyler Murray. You got to be respectful, and he was not respectful, in my opinion. You got to be respectful if you're going to go jaw to jaw with your head coach. Having said that, Cliff is his position
0: coach. See, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Cliff, right there. Cliff is two different people to Kyler, basically.
1: Exactly right, and that's why the separation question becomes a valid question in my
0: opinion you brought this up with cliff yesterday too uh, on just that role of being a head coach and a play caller Uh,
1: i think every situation is different you know i think um you see around the league some people have done it some people have given it up some people have gone back to it and uh, there's no right or wrong answer there i think it's whatever fits your team at that time
0: See, the thing is you and i talked about this off the air last week there's it's not just Cliff and Kyler that have that sort of almost peer-to-peer relationship. You know, like, I mean, I, I don't know. There are a lot of times you watch these two and you're like, does Kyler really see Cliff as his boss or almost like his older brother? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, right. he should know more than you, Kyler, but do you see him the same way that Mac Jones is looking at Bill Belichick? You know, it, and it's some of it is just, it's 2022 and and this is Sean McVay is this way, and I'm guessing Zach Taylor is this way. You got these younger coaches that are like, yeah, okay, it's more of like a- a a flattened out hierarchy. And then also some of it uh, is there's not that much of an age difference between Cliff and Kyler. Like, they're not not that close, but this is not a 50-year gap like maybe we were used to seeing 20 years ago between coach and young quarterback.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And again, that's what gets a little cloudy right there. When you have that copacetic relationship, when you have that working relationship where you really depend on each other, sometimes those walls get broken down. The player-coach relationship is going to break down a little bit. So I totally understand how that could possibly happen in a game. I just don't know at this point in time. I'm looking for Cliff to take that next step. That's what You you know it. I've been talking about this for a while. I want to see him do it. He did it with Marco Wilson in training camp. Mm -hmm. He took that next step, being the head coach, where you've got to manage not only the schemes that you're going to run, not only the game plan, that you'll you'll work on a Sunday or a Thursday night game. It,
0: you also have to manage personalities. Yeah, you got to know when to push the buttons and how to push the buttons of certain players. Now, I would say this: I think if Cliff were here right now, I think he would say, "I don't, I don't have an issue with the way things are going with Kyler." I think, I think that's what he would say. Other than just the overall production of the team offensively, whereas with Marco Wilson, he was clearly trying to light a fire during training camp. Um, This is Steve Kaimon with Burns and Gambo yesterday. They asked him if he had a problem with Cliff and Kyler getting into it on the sidelines on Thursday.
1: No, not at all. I mean, listen, I mean, if we saw everything that was said in football and the emotions that come with it. I mean, Thursday night game, the roofs open, all black uniforms, uh, a lot of excitement. And uh, again, emotions get high, and, and, and that'll happen from time to time. I'd rather see people be emotional than, uh, than obviously the, the alternative. And um, we were rolling Thursday night, and the guys were cranked up and ready to play.
0: So yeah. would you have a bigger issue with it if, if there were an offensive coordinator that was calling plays separate from Cliff? and Kyler went up to his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and he was just his head coach and had that sort of reaction to him? Yes. Okay. That's yeah, no
1: doubt. You know, once again, um, apathy sucks buttermilk on a football field. Never forget that, base earnings. Never forget that. It's so true. My young crunk brothers, you want to be apathetic and go play the game of football? Sit on the bench, please. Thank you. Football is an emotional game. It is. And you get fired up. When you play the game, it's amazing why and how that will happen to you when you know that you might be driven into the ground on the next play. It's am- <laughs> it's amazing the way the emotion and the intensity starts boiling over from time to time. And because of that, I totally understand why you're going to have these conflicts on the sideline, because I've seen them almost every week that I was out there playing the game of football. There was some type of jaw fest That was going on with one coach and one player or one coach and another coach. Sometimes it's coach on coach jaw fest that is going on. So I understand this and I agree with everything Steve just said right there in regard to. Uh, Kyler Murray. I'd much rather have an emotional Kyler Murray than an apathetic i Kyler I think
0: Murray. the fan base would, too. First of all, Jawfest sounds like the worst music festival in the history of music festivals. Jawfest? Jawfest, 2022. Have you heard about that? I
1: mean, a jaw to jaw? You know yeah. what I mean? A jawfest. Yeah, jawfest. And, and your jaw's
0: moving, of course. But, but for a music festival, it just sounds like a bunch of, like, barbershop quartets or something. A bunch of people that don't have instruments that are just singing. So you, you hear Jawfest, and you think of a
1: a barber shop. Well, no. If, if it were going to be a music is that festival, what you're saying? no. But
0: I'm saying within the context of music, not on the football I, side. I of think it. of a heavy metal band, Jaw Fest. <laughs> Maybe a band, but not a name for the actual festival. Uh, the other thing with this, uh, the whole the Kyler and Cliff and all that, and, and you know the stage of, of when it happened. Cliff even talked about this a little bit, uh, and, and we've talked to a lot of the players about this this season. Hard knocks is going to be here. Hard knocks. Hard knocks for all intents and purposes, I think, is already here. We'll. Like, I, I would not be shocked at all if footage of those two going at it on the sidelines last Thursday shows up in the first episode oh, of Hard Knocks yeah. on November 9th. I'm sure it will. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and they're just kind of around, always filming. So, the, the focus on this team is going to be brighter than maybe it's ever been in the second half of this season. Yeah. It, it, just think about all the different. Like, you've got the fan base. Fan base just wants to win. And to your point, I think they, they, they don't mind seeing emotion from Kyler and Cliff. What's frustrating is when you don't see emotion and you just get the same, oh yeah, we got to work harder on this. I think as a fan, you want to see that emotion more than the opposite. So you've already got the fan base that's, that's pretty fired up. You've got like the national media that there are a lot of them that are kind of, it seems like, just ready for the Cardinals to fail so they can pounce on it. You've got everything that they have done to struggle in the second half of the last two seasons. And you're going to have hard knocks coming in here when they are not off to a great start.
1: oh man, that is going to be very interesting what happens there.
0: Can we have a team
1: meeting, please? Just stir it all up. (laughs) Might have a team meeting, just saying. Might have a team meeting, might actually have breakout meetings about that team meeting. (laughs) Might actually go offense, defense, and then break out from there and go into your position rooms and have another meeting about the meetings.
0: Meetings about meetings, Uh, those are the best. Yeah,
1: I think we're going to have a meeting or...
0: Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, when we come back, in regard to the Phoenix Suns, is something still missing on this roster? There is a name that, like I said, was very loosely floated out there, Wolf, but it is a very big name. So we're at least going to talk about a rumor of a rumor next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Sunday, presented by YRefi.com. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, Suns Warriors tonight. Be careful how I proceed with this one, Wolf. This is going to be an interesting segment. This is... L- let me say this. Okay. I don't know if people consider radio hosts journalists. I know you <laughs> don't consider yourself a journalist. No, I'm not. Um, but... If you do consider radio hosts journalists, go ahead and set that aside for a second, okay? Because we're looking for a rumor over rumor over rumor on on Twitter.
1: Well, that is so good, right there. That's great. Good
0: setup by what, you. What Luke. are we talking about next? We'll put the journalist hats back on. I don't even know if they fit. Next segment, but not, but not right here. So the story comes out yesterday from Shams. Hey, Milwaukee, that's a team. Keep an eye on them. They might want Jay Crowder. I see. Yes. Come down this path with me. Uh, Somebody, some random person I don't know, tweets out, hey, Drew Holiday, Wes Matthews, Chris Middleton, Jay Crowder, Giannis is a death lineup. Somebody, who I also don't know, responds to this guy. Not sure how Chris Middleton can be in that lineup and on the Suns at the same time, but okay. That right there is two people on the internet. Yeah. It's just whatever. Okay. Except Chris Middleton liked the second tweet. (laughs) And then just unliked it within the last, what, 20 minutes? What? Okay, so wait a minute. You're you're telling me that... I'm not telling you anything.
2: (laughs) There's a chance?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So you're telling me there's a chance. Um, Okay, so you're telling me that uh, there's a rumor... Of a rumor that is even out a there. It's rumor. Okay. It's just
0: a, what is going on. And okay. People are well, noticing. This is not just like the thing I was going to say, yes. okay. Uh, Chris
1: Middleton liked a tweet and then unliked it.
0: Chris Middleton liked a tweet that suggested he was on the Phoenix Suns or would be on the Phoenix Suns. Okay, there you go, and right there.
1: Are it. you sure that the like from Chris Middleton was indeed Chris Middleton? Well, it sure looked Wait, like from it. From his Twitter accounts? Is that what you're now. saying?
0: It's, uh, and look, this could be anything. His kid could have been playing with the phone or something. I don't know. But, but either right. way, I mean, this is. Exactly. Exactly. But usually when it, it seems like it's something, I'm not saying, I like. I don't think Chris Middleton, I don't think there's any chance the Bucks would trade him. I don't understand why he would. Right. Think back to the finals two years ago. They don't beat the Suns without Chris Middleton. Yes, Giannis went off. They don't yes. beat him without Giannis. They don't beat him without Drew Holiday. They don't beat him without Chris Middleton. Anybody right. else, I think maybe they could have filled in. So I, I cannot imagine why the Bucs would ever trade Chris Middleton. I'm just saying. Would you do it? <laughs> what, if I were the Suns? So, 100%. Okay. Here, um, how many picks do you want? Yeah, I, Exactly. We don't use the picks. We don't how care. How about take that? Them. How about the Jay Crowder
1: thing uh, for Chris Middleton? Let's go ahead and speculate. Uh-huh. Uh, how many? How many number ones would that take? Here's the thing how about many.
0: three. Here's the or thing two. about picks with the Suns is it's like you know how when you go to a different country and you come back and you still have like a little bit of their currency but you're back in the US you're yeah. like oh, I can't even use this like I have it but I can't use it that's right. kind of like the Suns with first round picks lately like we've got these we're not going to use them so here they they have no value to the Suns so <laughs> if you could trade them for a player like Chris Middleton yeah. you would do it
1: um, first of all, too, I just want to say this quickly. If you're traveling to a different country and you've got their currency, just spend it there. Okay. Just get rid of yeah, it. Yeah, don't, bring, do it, bring, don't it bring it back. Do it you bring it back. Home. Unless
0: you're bringing back like one
1: piece of What are you going to do? You're going to bring it back. Okay, maybe, maybe that's like, what you're going to do. Yeah. You're going to put it in a box right there and you're going to go, hey, remember when we were over in France? <laughs> um, okay. Maybe if that's what you're going to do. <laughs> I hope
0: this is how people speak to their I, families no, when they I'm just back saying,
1: Why in the world would you come back with any type maybe, of like Just spend it. It gives you a great reason to spend That's true. As well, that's a good excuse. Yes. Now, the warrior queen, of course, a beautiful Miss Stephanie Basenoni. She would try to bring it back, and and of course, you know, turn it into something. She's a big, big, uh, frugal. A person oh, in wolf. regard to to actually taking care of cash. Wolf's like we're she buying loves cash. all the cannolis we can okay. on the way to the
0: airport to get rid of this stuff.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying right now, I spend, she does not, she saves. There's well, a big difference.
0: So then, which one of you is the Phoenix Suns with first round picks? Exactly. Because they don't use them or spend them. Right. <laughs> like See, don't there don't are two them.
1: types of people in the world. Those who spend and those who save. Okay. Figure out which one you are and you'll live a much happier life. And Trust
0: me, And accordingly. Uh, the only reason that this even comes up other than just the randomness of the internet is it does sort of feel like the sun's roster is not entirely complete. And Sam Amick of the athletic was on with Bickley and Murata this morning. And I believe the question, the way Bickley posed it was essentially it's, it's sort of strange because the suns are in win now mode but yet they're just holding on to these picks. Like, usually if you're in win-now mode, you've traded the upcoming first-round pick. Because the upcoming first-round pick for the Suns should be, like, 26th overall. Like, it just doesn't feel like they've been quite as aggressive as you would expect from a team whose window with Chris Paul I think is open this year. Some people don't even believe it's still open. It's going to be hard to imagine it's open past next year right now unless you make more moves, and this was Sam Amick's response.
2: The Durant thing is, I mean, if you have a a team like the Suns that feels like it's close... and then, you know, you talk about, like, dream propositions. You know, Kevin Durant is on everybody's short list if if you're a team that wants to win right now. Like, the reason that the trade offers for him were not great last time around is because, obviously, if you're talking about the long view, Kevin Durant just really doesn't fit into the long view. Like, he's a short-term prospect. But um, keeping your powder dry like James might be here – would be wise and I also know from talking to James in the past that you know like even going back to his rationale for the DeAndre Ayton contract uh, you know and, and the way they handled that that had everything to do with keeping our options open and I'm always a sucker for understanding the way people's minds work right so you know you gotta also remember that James is you know a massive part of that Miami Heat little mini dynasty where what did they do they, they threw a bunch of elite wings together you know with LeBron and d and then Chris Bosch down low and, and found a way to dominate the league. And that sort of a mentality, I think certainly remained as far as James's view on team building. So that would' make a lot of sense, uh, and maybe that does explain why hes slow planted here.
0: What do you make of that, Luke? Where do you start? So, there's two things. One, I'm not trying to bring back the Kevin Durant stuff. I'm not saying the Suns need Kevin Durant. I'm not even saying they need Chris Middleton. Now, if, if one of those guys were available, obviously, you would, you would pounce. But... What I am trying to highlight, and I think what they were talking about in the morning show, is it feels like the Suns are still waiting on something. This, this, They have not made moves like an all-in team. And they don't have to make them yet, but now you're, you're hinging on making them during the season. And I think the Kevin Durant stuff is done except one thing, Wolf. What he said at the very end there, if you have to remember how James Jones thinks... James Jones was on a team, a super team, Yo. of wings that won titles. Yes. And that's why I still believe that like 5% of keep an eye on this. And also, if you watch the Nets right now, Kevin Durant looks miserable. They're 1-2 and two to start the season. Yeah, I know.
1: Um, just the whole Kevin Durant thing, once again. I am so over the Kevin Durant thing, and I know that everyone's screaming at me right now, and that's okay. But uh, you also have to consider the, the <laughs> impact that a Kevin Durant might have on on some of the players that are inside that locker room and the team chemistry overall. There was nothing wrong with the team chemistry as we all know last year for the Phoenix Suns and then that chemistry broke down in the Mavericks series and we saw what it did the result of that chemistry breaking down right before our very eyes and once again I'm not saying that Kevin Durant is this bad man. I'm not trying to say that. I just don't know if his personality. I don't know if his personality is going to fit inside that locker room that's just my guess right now especially when you've got a guy that's smoldering <laughs> like Devin Booker I just don't know if that personality is going to be a good personality to bring inside the locker room. I, I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I'm just saying that's um, not slam dunk. At, exactly. At what cost are you going
0: to do it? I guess for me, the conversation today isn't even so much about Durant. I mean, obviously it's naturally always going to go there, but but to me, it's they haven't even really made smaller moves. Like they've made very small moves, bringing in Damian Lee and Jock Landale, and, and some of these look like they made. They really supplement this team nicely, but it does feel like there's still another move, whether it's just trading Jay Crowder for a Jay Crowder equivalent from the Eastern conference or, or something. It feels like, like if they went into the playoffs, if the playoffs were starting tomorrow and they were going into it like this, yeah, I, I like this team, I do, but I would feel like have they done everything they can, sure. and that doesn't mean you have to get Kevin Durant. It just means it feels like they are waiting to make another move. So what are they waiting on? Yeah, is the question.
1: You know what? Honestly, if you're telling me they got a shot at Chris Middleton, <laughs> if I'm the rumor is out that. there, if the rumor we is can out start there, that if you want, yeah, that's fine. The rumor is out there. He got the blue check mark, and then he got a like, and then oh, it was unlike by Chris Middleton, and like, that isn't... (laughs) suspicious um you know I, if you're telling me there's a possibility yeah i'm all in on that one i'll slide my chips into
0: the middle of the table if you're telling me there's a chance i, I to me durant seems more likely than chris middleton i don't know why the bucks would do that uh it was a busy re- week around the national football league we're going to take you through all of it with our nfl rapid fire week seven edition next it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That's the best way to get caught up in everything around the National Football League on a weekly basis. We're going rapid fire around week 7. Wolf, let's start (laughs) probably the headlining game as it turns out. was not that going into the weekend, but the headliner coming out of the weekend. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers managed three points against the Carolina Panthers in a 21-3 loss. That's back-to-back losses to the Steelers and Panthers. Most people thought the Steelers were, if not the worst team in the league, one of, and then they beat the Buccaneers. So then everybody said, okay, well then the Panthers are the worst team. Team, and they beat the Buccaneers. Here's Tom Brady.
2: And I think it's the NFL, so every team is challenged. And if you know, you've got to understand they have strengths. And you know, we and we just have not played well. It doesn't matter. You
0: know, it, if you don't execute your job well, then it doesn't matter who's on the other side. It's just, it just still comes down to the fundamentals of the sport: throwing and catching, blocking, tackling. It's all the fundamentals. First time Brady's been under 500 this deep in a season in 20 years. And 20 (sighs) years ago wasn't even his rookie season.
1: It's incredible right now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number 32 in rushing yards per game. Care to guess what they're amassing
0: or not amassing? Uh, They don't even run. It's got to be like 65. Oh. (laughs) Stop it. What is it?
1: 64.4. <laughs> oh, you got a little dirt bag right there. Number 32 in the National Football League. And also, they average 3.05 per carry. Oh, that's good. That's also number 32 in the National Football League. They cannot run the ball. And at this point, I think of Tom Brady and Tom Brady's career, he
0: needs to be able to run the ball. You know, Price is Right rules, I wouldn't get either showcased because I went over by point. of a yard right there. Yeah, you did. You would have lost. I would have lost
1: badly. Man, how about that, though? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you know what's so weird about it as well? I think Tom Brady and his play, that doesn't really look like Tom Brady, is impacting everyone else around him because that will do it. The impact that the GOAT, the greatest quarterback ever to play the game, will have on his teammates when suddenly he doesn't look right.
0: He's he's chucking those, I don't know what the NFL wants us to call them, notebooks, iPad, whatever they are. He's throwing those around. He's yelling at his offensive line. He's not winning games. He's throwing passes to Mike Evans at the start of games that Mike Evans just drops. It wasn't a great game for Mike Evans. And then there was the weirdness of people thinking two officials were asking Mike Evans for his autograph after the game. Is that what that was? It's kind of a weird setup. What do you think about this, Wolf?
1: Yeah, you know, for me, um, side judge Jeff Lamberth and line judge trip sutter actually were caught on camera walking out of the tunnel, of course, with Mike Evans. They appeared to be calling him and getting an autograph or something, yet the NFL says, no, this did not happen. And it's not a surprise the NFL was like, that
2: didn't happen!
0: Mike Evans wasn't even on the field. Uh, Here's their statement after speaking with the individuals involved. Boy, this sounds like just a league statement, doesn't it? After speaking with the individuals involved, (laughs) just say Mike Evans and the two officials. We have confirmed that the post-game interaction between Jeff Lambert. Trip Sutter and Mike Evans did not involve a request by the game officials for an autograph, blah, blah, blah. They've both been reminded of the importance of avoiding even the appearance of impropriety when interacting with players, coaches and club staff on game day.
1: Oh, my goodness. On game day right there is the key because the NFL and the NFL are a, that they allow the officials to actually seek autographs and team merchandise and memorabilia for charitable endeavors. In the offseason, they allow them to actually do that. Which I gotta tell you, I was a little surprised at that. Even that feels a little like... I was a little surprised at that. Yeah, But on game day, they're saying, no, you cannot do it. You can't seek any autographs whatsoever. And I think we all understand why that would be the case. But even in the offseason, man... That's surprising Well, ima-
0: imagine, was it three weeks ago when Grady Jarrett sacks Tom Brady and they call a, a penalty because you touched Tom Brady if the official was like, all right, 15 more yards. Can you sign this real quick, Tom? Can yeah, you right. sign this penalty flag exactly. that just won you the game, Tom? Could you sign that for me? So, anyway, it didn't work for Tampa. Nothing worked for Tampa. So, this is maybe not the game to look at that. Uh, how about this? Aaron Rodgers losing to Taylor Heineke, 23-21. Here's Rodgers.
2: You know, I think if we all look at the film... There's probably a number of plays in every phase that we could have done better. But we just, I said it before, the margin of error is so tight. You know, a couple calls don't necessarily go our way. And, and we don't execute at all on offense uh, in certain situations. Um, simple things, we're behind the sticks, we're, you know, penalties, or are uh, dropping balls, we're not putting balls in the right spot. Um, it's not winning football. Packers need a win.
0: Wolf up next for the Packers. Buffalo in Buffalo. So, you good luck with
1: that. Just honestly, right now, I, I love what Aaron Rodgers said, though. He said, maybe this is exactly what we need. Maybe this is exactly what we need. And I get that, Aaron. Yeah, your back is going to be up against the wall. And maybe this will refine some of the guys that are inside that locker room. Refine that depth chart a little bit more. Maybe guys will go out there knowing their back is against the wall and come out and ball out. That to me makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh,
0: I don't disagree, but I think of these two teams, Green Bay's in trouble. They're, they're two and a half now back of Minnesota for first in that division. I'm not sure you're getting a wild card. They don't, like, Green Bay and Tampa don't look right. Green Bay's got a much more difficult path to making the playoffs. I can already see how this plays out, Wolf. Tampa is, like, okay the rest of the season. They get a little bit better, but they're okay. They sneak into the playoffs, 9-8, and and 10-7, or whatever. Then they start winning playoff games, and people are like, can you believe Tom Brady turned it around in a division where he had to go up against Atlanta and Carolina to make the playoffs? That's what we're going to hear. I'm already ready for this. I
1: I honestly, I think the Buccaneers are in more trouble. Um, I realize they're playing in the... NFC South, I get it. Not a hyper-competitive division. It's not shaping up to be that way. But um, because of Brady and what's going on with Brady and the impact that your quarterback, especially the GOAT, can possibly have, the negative impact as well that he can have based on how he's playing and what's going on, I think they're in trouble.
0: Uh, Dolphin Steelers on Sunday night football. Tua comes back. Tua at one point was diving headfirst for yards, which uh, even the announcers were like, "Ah, this is uncomfortable to watch Tua after the game, though, a 16-10 win for the Dolphins, said this. Well, uh, situational awareness of uh, things that could possibly happen if they do score, uh, if they had to kick a field goal, uh, things like that. So, um, you know, I I would say I was was prepared for whatever happened if they did kick a field goal um, and then we we got the ball back or if they scored and we got the ball back. The time, uh, what that looks like with two timeouts that we had left. So going over situation you know. I, I like Tua. Pittsburgh had a chance to win that game, and also, again, I'll say I like Tua. He throws a lot of passes that defensive backs just drop. <laughs> I don't I understand how that's yeah. even possible. Yeah, it was like two or three dropped interceptions on Sunday. There were there were three by the Steelers yeah. that I saw. Just catch three the ball if it's thrown to you. Impossibly four. And this—it's not the only week. Secondary is so bad.
1: (laughs) Secondary for the Steelers right now is so banged up. It's so bad. And you better believe I don't let my brother Craig forget that.
0: Uh, here's another one. Dallas beats Detroit twenty four six. Remember when Detroit was kind of exciting a few weeks ago? Like they weren't winning, but they were losing games forty eight to forty five or thirty eight to thirty five. Now they're just awful. Dak, I, Detroit has one win. We're seven weeks into the season. Like their record's going to be as bad as it always is. Here's Dak Prescott. He came back and Dallas picked up a twenty four six victory.
2: Yeah, I felt great. Um, I felt comfortable with everything. Uh, dumb definitely didn't bother me. wasn't a thought in my head. Uh, felt like after a few throws, um, yeah, I was. I was back into it. Um, and that, that that drive before uh, halftime, um, I felt like I'd, I made a few that just said, hey, we're, we're, we're good to go. Don't think about anything again. And, yeah, so I felt fine. But this is about the team. This was a great team win. Uh, this is what I've been watching for the last five weeks, this defense, the special teams, um, and just us playing complimentary football. And it was just, uh, it's just great to be back and be a part of it. Did
1: you think of Cooper Rush at all, <laughs> Did you think of Cooper Rush? He's probably like, who? Cooper um, who? Boy, this is great Paul for the Dallas Cowboys. It really is. And I hate saying that for the star. But this is, this is really, really good. They got Dak Prescott back. They got their quarterback back. And yet, at the same time, they know they got Cooper Rush. Some valuable experience. And... Didn't ruin your season by any stretch of the imagination, did it?
0: No, I think I think they are the team. If if you set Philly aside and you're having the conversation about the NFC, and this pains me, and you're just looking at the next three best teams record-wise, because I still think San Francisco is more dangerous than any of these teams. But if you're saying, okay, Minnesota's five and one, the Giants are six and one, Dallas is five and two, I don't trust Minnesota. Not in the big game. Not in the playoffs. I don't trust the Giants yet either because I, I just think talent-wise, they're just scraping by. Dallas is the team of those three that would worry me the most. But I, I've also seen Mike McCarthy in the playoffs.
1: Okay, you said it. So I'm going to build on that. You, you said it. The 49ers. That's the team I'm on. Basin ask yourself this. Just how important is it that you have a franchise quarterback? How important is it? got a roster the 49ers roster that is absolutely loaded dripping with talent offensively and defensively you're three and four
0: was that a uh... just saying <laughs> A strategic sniff into the microphone. (laughs) Yes. Uh, For a fact. If Jimmy G wasn't making dumb throws like he made at the end of the first half against the Chiefs, the problem is he does that. If Jimmy G could just manage the game, that would be my pick to come out of the NFC. Because there's so much talent on that roster. No doubt about it. And I would take them over Philadelphia in a one-and-done playoff game, except not if Jimmy G's going to throw two interceptions.
1: Just goes to show you, again, if, you know, and again... jimmy g to me is a game manager quarterback that's
0: what that's he what the is g stands for that's okay
1: <laughs> i didn't know that okay that's, uh, yeah, good. that's it game manager jimmy g okay i get it he's a game manager and everyone knows that for the most part including i think jimmy g but also his teammates and that's the problem
0: All right, we come back. What are Jay Williams' expectations for the Suns this season? We're going to ask the host of Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max on ESPN next. He'll join us. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.